0: Hey, welcome back to the Seven Figure Music School podcast. I'm Daniel, this is Nate, and this episode we have a returning guest of the show, his third time returning, Brian Kane from Rock U Music School in Minnesota. Now, a couple weeks back, we interviewed Brian on a new format we're testing called Five for Five, where we're just gonna bring in some really cool school owners and ask them five specific questions about their school to see how they would answer them. And Brian said something really interesting in that interview. He started going into the idea of a simple way that he'd built his school. Um, And, you know, just not to be overly dramatic here, how he used networking to build Rock from 30 students on June 1st of 2021, they opened a school with about 30 students, to, at the time of this recording, 260 students. And interestingly, uh, when this episode airs, It will be, it's the day before their two-year anniversary of being open. So Brian, I don't even know how many students you're going to have at that point in time. But suffice to say, we wanted to bring Brian back on to ask some questions about that unusual method of Growing a school, one that's not numbers-based, not ad-based, but that's more relationally based and community-based. And I think this is going to be a really interesting episode because this fits in with a number of episodes we've done here in 2023, where we've examined things like how to do open houses, how to do event-based marketing. Mm -hmm. And actually, when we Mm -hmm. were even doing the event-based marketing... um, when we were doing the event-based marketing episode, I actually even mentioned Brian, thinking like, "Man, I'd really love to get Brian's take on this." So I think this is another way to really dig in deep on something that isn't talked a lot about in the you know in the community of music school owners that are out there. And I think you know we're networking right now, Brian. So welcome back. I'm really <laughs> excited to talk to you about this topic.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, super excited. And Daniel, it's so funny. This this is probably the reason why I'm so excited to talk about it because you said something really interesting in your intro. And you said that the way we have grown our business is unusual, which I think is a fascinating way to think about it. Because to me, the power of networking, the power of partnerships and referrals is such a tried and true and old school classic method. And businesses have relied on digital for the last call it five to 10 years that it's, it's become a crutch. Like leaning on digital and saying, well, we're not doing good in our digital games, so our business isn't doing well. It's like, well, have you tried like just the old school way of shaking someone's hand, talking to them face to face? That is it's so fascinating to me that that, that is now like an out, out, outdated way to grow a business, um, because to me, that's it's just like a quintessential way to, to start. And it's I think it's fascinating because if we talk to any other business owner, they would agree with you that doing it this way is unusual.
0: Well, I think that Mm. this is a natural way to open the episode because, Brian, tell us a little bit about your background that even made you think of this as a go-to method when it isn't something necessarily that a lot of school owners think about or rely upon. Like, what about your background led you to this? So a few things. things. So
1: um, my background is that prior to opening up Rock U, um, I spent well over a decade leading marketing and digital marketing teams in the corporate world, Um, you know, as I was building rock you in the pandemic um, I was you know leading a digital marketing team for a fortune 500 company and so that's where my background is is in digital and, and and that whole space and leaning on building a business through the digital side of things and so when I mm-hmm. was building up rock U prior to opening um, you know I had created and developed some incredibly complex marketing Plans and and customer journey maps, um, you know, dynamic based email content based on how visitors had interacted with our website and multi tiered nurture campaigns, all this kind of stuff, um, all all the kind of things that were very normal in my line of work back in the corporate world when I had a team and I had a budget and you could you're just you're playing with house money. It didn't matter because you're spending the company's money and if a, if a campaign failed oh well it's it's not not coming out of my paycheck what do I care what was really interesting is trying to figure out okay the first several months of owning a business starting up a business are is this thing going to work is this something is the demand there well okay we we enrolled some students found out people were enjoying it yes it works so how do we now grow and one of the things that was ingrained in me in my corporate world was the power of networking the power of just going out, meeting with people, talking with people. And the other interesting thing, too, is that my wife is actually a, a corporate recruiter here, here in the Twin Cities, where there's a lot of, of big companies headquartered, things like that. And so her her career is built on the power of networking. And she is a, uh, the the not even gold standard, like the diamond standard when it comes to networking. Her LinkedIn profile, she actually got an award. She's got one of the most top 1% most viewed LinkedIn profiles in the world. Um, because she is, she, her business is built on networking. And so I, you know, I've learned so much from her as well about why it works and how it works and the power of referrals, the power of just shaking someone's hand, talking them eye to eye. So I was like, let's give that a shot. And so that's what I spent most of 2022 doing is laying out that ground game, you know, getting involved in our area, our chamber of commerce here in Woodbury. Um, going out and meeting with other business owners and talking about, Hey, what kind of partnership opportunities we have here? Could I leave a flyer here? If you give me a flyer, um, Hey, you've got an email list. Do you mind if we include a special on your, and one of your upcoming newsletters, we'll throw one in one of ours. And, you know, doing things like putting our booth up at events, uh, you know, community fairs, business expos, things like that, just becoming a visible part of the community was so important. And and I truly believe that is how and why we've grown, because like we talked about, that's not how most businesses are doing it right now, because they're leaning on what really kind of is the easy way to grow yourself through digital, because it doesn't take that extra effort. It doesn't take the physical effort to go out and, and talk to someone and set up a coffee, you know, things like that. It's, It's so interesting because it feels like it's become now an ancient practice because of the world we're in right now, post-pandemic. You know, People are now starting to meet again and be able to do that um, and meet in the real world, not the the virtual world. Mm -hmm. And again, all this is so crazy coming from my mouth because that's what I built my career on prior to being here is
2: (laughs) creating these campaigns and building a business in the digital world. So can you give me like two or three examples of where you've put effort into this physical putting yourself out there networking one or two examples where you're like, Nate, this felt great. And I keep showing up to do this as the owner. And then one or two examples where you're like, we tried this version of networking. And honestly, I just, I don't see that as a sustainable. Yeah.
1: So let's start with one that works
2: Um, because this
1: is, it has been honestly one of the most powerful things that I've done. So In our community, and I'm guessing in in your guys' communities too, there are a ton of, you know, in the summertime especially, business expos, uh, county fairs, Mm. city city fairs, where they bring in, you know, carnival games, stuff like that. And you have the opportunity to set up a little booth there. That has been one of our most effective ways of getting out in the community and, for me, of networking with people. Because two reasons. Mm. One, you've got a physical booth set up. And so people come and they interact with you and you just chat with them, have conversations. And one of the most important marketing tools that we can have as a business owner is uh, here, this, a business card. Because this, I can't tell you right. how much, how, how many amazing conversations I've had because of this, because of my business card that I've handed out at these kind of events. Um, I mean, you know, we, we, Obviously, we use them as like lead gen tools, things like that. We've got ways for kids to sign up and they get deals and stuff like that when they sign up at the events. But it has been an avenue for so many other things, so many different opportunities. You know, um, I'm top of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, we had at our, it's called Woodbury Days. Um, I set up a booth there last summer and talking with people and handing out business cards, things like that. And about three months after that, I got a call from someone saying, hey, I met you at Woodbury Days and we had a great conversation. I'm like, cool. I had like a thousand conversations. I don't remember you specifically, but let's chat. Yeah. Um, and it ended up, she, you know, she was a, a she's a, a school teacher that was looking to leave her job. And we had a great conversation and she's like, hey, are you, you know, looking to, to bring somebody on? Are you looking to hire? And I'm like, I'm always looking to hire. Let's, let's chat some more. And I mean, and yeah. she's one of our most amazing teachers and I only got to know her because of mm. networking that I did at this event. And I, she gave me a call three months after the fact, another example, we've got another uh, uh, community expo that we do, um, that I think happens in, we've got one, it's actually coming up here soon in a couple of weeks, but same thing. You get a booth, you go around, you talk to other business owners at the other booths. Hand out your card, have those conversations. Um, same thing happened where about two weeks after that, somebody gives me a call, say, Hey, you and I had a quick 30 second conversation at, at, uh, this community expo. Um, let's, let's grab a quick coffee. Cool. Did that. We had coffee. Turns out this guy who's a real estate, you know, a real estate agent, um, is a musician and just wanted to chat more about what it's like to own a music school. And oh, by the way, his son is in one of the biggest up and coming rock bands in the twin cities. And so we had a great conversation and now right. his kid might be coming out and doing a master class on, you know, how to be in a successful band. And it's just those random connections would never happen if I hadn't gotten out in the community, shook some hands, had some little conversations. And it's just those kind of things don't happen unless you just put yourself out there. Um, Nate, you would also ask what doesn't work.
2: Well, yeah, yeah I'm I'm curious, and I might, might I might frame this in the context of an entrepreneur mindset, which is you're a busy guy. There's a thousand things you're doing currently at Rock You, and you're one of the one of the challenges we face is learning to say no. You know, so I'm curious what you've said no to around networking, because you're like, when I show up, I actually resent it. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. There's
1: one of the things that I've actually said no to is um, similar kind of like business fairs, but around the music education space. Um, so, like, you know, mm. uh, uh, Music Educators of Minnesota, I think is the name of the organization. They have a big conference and, you know, totally. blah, 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 all this stuff. And, you know, I've been asked to come out there and stuff like that. And I'm like, but, you know, for my business, I don't, I don't see where the opportunity is aside from maybe again, meeting some great teachers, things like that. But again, I'm at capacity for teachers. And so, yes, it'd be a great chance to build a pipeline and things like that. But right now, my primary focus is growing students at the school. And so there are, you know, that's something that happens, you know, in a different community than where we are. And so my chances for making a meaningful networking connection, yes, of course it's still there, but it's not as high as something that is more here and hyper localized. Hmm. Because you're right, Nate, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a busy, I got four kids. So I've, I, I, when I'm not here at Rocky, you yeah. I'm on a soccer field, they're doing carpools, all that kind of stuff. So you have to be selective about what you say yes to. But, Every opportunity is a good opportunity, in my opinion. You know, there's, there's no such thing as a bad network opportunity. It's just a matter of figuring out what's gonna work for you and also kind of thinking about what do I wanna get out of this opportunity.
0: Running a music school can be a challenge. You can only see so many students per week and it feels like you're trading time for dollars. Margins are small and you're always looking for qualified teaching staff. Wouldn't it be great if there was a way to see more students in less time while maintaining high educational standards for your school? Well, now you can with Piano Express from grouplessons.com. Piano Express is a new way to teach group piano, one that seamlessly combines a new innovative group method, technology, and industry-leading teacher training to make it easier and more profitable than ever to start group lessons in your studio. Piano Express allows you to see 12 students per hour, per teacher. And over a decade of testing has shown that the gamified curriculum significantly increases student practice times and studio retention. To help you get started, the Piano Express method has a training course for you and your team. It's included when you use the system in your studio. Most schools can get their first class up and running in just a few weeks. So visit grouplessons.com to sign up for a free demo or use our calculator to see how much money your school can save each month by using Piano Express.
2: Daniel, questions yeah, got, from your from
0: your neck of the woods. Yeah, so I have some specific questions, Brian, because I work with a lot of people who are getting their marketing system started, or they're doing some version of marketing now, but they don't think it's very effective, or they and just in general they're not getting enough students, new students signed up, and so they come to me, they go through my marketing training, or they work with me personally, and inevitably when I teach them things that they should be doing, there's a little bit of that uh, beginner's syndrome, let's just call it that, where, oh man, this is all new and strange and that sort of thing. And I imagine someone could hear this, what, you're, what you've what you been saying, and they could feel like, oh, this is another thing I'm gonna have to learn how to do. And so I have just a couple of questions I wanna ask you kind of rapid fire just to see how you'd answer them to help someone begin to imagine themselves as someone who could do this, you know? So first thing, this one's really easy. How did you find these expos? How did you even find these opportunities?
1: Um, So for one, you know, we've lived in our community for a while. So these were things that I had been attending before, just with my kids. Um, So I knew that they existed. Um, But then the other thing is, again, being as a part of the, the Chamber of Commerce here, you then get invited to these events you get you know you know you get the opportunity to, to have a booth at these things and so through that you, you have see. priority access to sign up and you get discounts at, at, at putting your booth at these things but then it's also talking mm, with other business okay. owners hey what have you done in the past that's worked what are some other things that that you know big festivals little festivals things like that that you've been involved in that maybe it would be worth us checking out it's 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 really just knowing your community and 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 realizing that, hey, that thing that I went to with my kids five years ago, that could be something that I could be involved in. So the things are out there, and you probably know
0: about them. So right there already, there's a few subtle tips or hacks. I hate that word, but I can't think of a better one right now. But like, join your chamber of commerce. Actually, speak to other business owners. Yep. You'll actually begin to get ideas just through that research. And of course, I know we're kind of uh, <laughs> we're kind of turning our back on digital in this episode. But you could use Google to find out these local community <laughs> events that you can uh, participate in. It, you know, maybe to even find some that you're unaware of potentially. Okay, so those are really good answers to that first question. Here's my second question. Uh, uh, there'll probably be more, but right now this is only this is the second of two questions what three steps or tips would you give another school owner to have success at one of these community expos now you've already given some good ideas like have the business card but i want to even go like a step i want to go a level deeper even than that so you've got the booth you've got the business card you've showed up with a mindset to actually you know not wait for people to come to you but to actually maybe start going to them with that as a baseline what would you tell someone so that they could have success at these kind of community events? The events? most
1: important thing is know what is your purpose for being there. So for us, like I said, our primary purpose for being involved in, the, in uh, specific events is uh, lead generation. And so what we do is we we have a very specific purpose in mind. You know, I treat each one of these kind of events as almost mini marketing campaigns. Actually, they are marketing campaigns. I set them up that way and I measure them that way. Yeah. So every, um, you know, every event has a, you know, we've got our booth laid out, we've got a table laid out. And the way that I collect lead information is through a QR code on our table. And hey, submit your information here to this QR code and you'll get a discount if you sign up. Guess what? Not everybody signs up, but then that's another way to grow your email list. And so as long as you have a primary purpose for being there, you will know kind of, hey, all right, what do I want to get out of this? Therefore, what do, what's the mentality I've got to have when I'm there talking to people, even, even creating your marketing materials or creating a booth for the first time? You know, if, if you're there to, to create leads, mm-hmm. then you want to make sure that you've got a nice little sign that talks about how great your school is and, and, and set up all of the marketing that way for that purpose, but then also have a, a, a meaningful way of collecting information from people. So for us, like I said, the easiest way to do it is through a QR code because then you're not having to hand out paper forms and leave pens at an event where a wind gust might blow everything away. Everyone's got a phone in their pocket. They can easily snap Mm -hmm. a QR code. And then also you've got more email addresses to add, add your newsletter. And it's an easy way to set up a campaign in whatever kind of marketing automation tool you're using, whether it be MailChimp or ActiveCampaign or Marketo. You can then segment every single one of these events after the fact, go back and say, Hey, cool. Um, of the five events that I did this year, which ones had the best percentage of whatever I was trying to get out of it, whether it's closed leads, add more leads to my newsletter list, hire teachers. Like you can have a very specific reason for being a part of any of these events. Also knowing you never know what you're going to get out of it. Like I said, with the other examples where I would, you know, hired a new teacher from an event where my primary purpose was there to, for lead generation. And so it's it's also kind of going with the mind. You yeah. never know what you're going to get, but it's better to be there than to not be there.
0: Okay, then mm. a few really specific questions so people can again begin to visualize what they could get out of this, about how many emails would you collect in any one of these events? Or if you want to give me a range, like, hey, our worst event over the last two years was this, our best event was this, like maybe even the yeah, range. Yeah, and it, it totally
1: depends on the event, the size, the location, the the, the length. Yeah. So, you know, for, uh, for us, our biggest event is what I had I mentioned it before, Woodbury Days. It's actually a three-day community festival where they bring out carnival games and rides, things like that. And we've got a booth set up there for three straight days. And I think last year we collected 200 email addresses, something like that. Wow. Um, yeah. And and, and, I, and uh, I'd you know i have to go back and look because a lot has happened between now and then. I can't tell you, I know we got students from it. Um, I know it's successful. And yeah. again, just based on the conversations I had after the fact, there's plenty of leads that we got or plenty of students who enrolled who we didn't even collect their information at mm. the event. They just called me up three or four months later and said, Hey, wow. I saw it at the, at the whatever uh, event. And we'd like to enroll now. Cool. I don't have your information because you didn't fill out a form then, but you knew about me from when I was at this thing three or four months ago.
0: And maybe as just like a last Um, question here. What, what, do you spend the majority of your time doing during those days? Like if you, if someone was taking snapshots of you, like a security camera every 30 seconds for the whole day, what would they see you <laughs> mostly doing that entire day? Uh,
1: mostly, I, so we've, we've got those little rubber wristbands that say rock you, they've got our logo on it and then our website on it. So that is my way of like advertising on the children. So I'm coming out and I, I'm not behind my booth, I'm in front of my booth handing out these little rubber bracelets with rock you and our logo and our website on them to every kid that passes by giving high fives and just talking to people. That's all it is. Like you see, that's the other interesting thing you see at these, these events, Daniel, is that the majority, not the majority, 99.5% of the people, you know, you, you you've got these little booths set up. Most of the people are behind their table and waiting for someone to approach them. I do the opposite. I just go out in front and just, Strike up a conversation, hand out my little, my little rubber bands and just get our name out there.
0: How do you open? How do you just, how do you engage someone walking by without, you know, you feeling intrusive or maybe you do feel intrusive? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. I mean, the thing is, is that if
1: someone doesn't want to chat with you, they're not going to stop and chat with you. That's It's, it's, it's just like any other social interaction. Um, really, it's me just handing them my bracelet, and then someone kind of looking behind me, like, "Oh, cool, you want know to music school." And I'm just like, "Yeah, we're rock you. We do yeah. music lessons. Hey, Jimmy, do you like playing? Interested? Things like that. It's just, it's just having a couple of preloaded icebreaker questions, and just use them, and just see what happens." And it's, it's just okay. it's just basic social interactions and you never know where they're going to go. Most, you know, a lot of time you just, you're not even talking about mu- music school. You're talking about something else, but it doesn't matter. You're still interacting with a person.
0: Nate, I want to kick it over to you. Um, but first, Brian, do you have like a picture of this booth? If you do, I think I'm going to have our video editor put it on the YouTube video. And then our blog post guy, if you're listening on the podcast, maybe you can come to the blog post and see it on the actual blog post. Like, do you have a picture? Oh, totally. Yeah. of will will
1: you you a over. And of the other thing that people little okay. realize is, is when when say say I mean, this this you you make this this low low as you you want. My, our our is is I've got a, a folding table with a nice tablecloth that's branded, and then you know just one of those pullout signs of that's seven feet tall that that's got Rock You logo and information on it. And you can do you can you can buy all this stuff. I think I spent a total of maybe $300 total on the booth that I, that I use for all of our events. And then just making sure that you've got some sort of a swag giveaway at every event, because that's a lot of people are there just for the swag. And so you've got to have something to entice people to come to your booth to chat with you. Um, And for us, what's worked really well is temporary tattoos and and little rubber bracelets. Kids love those things. They're hits.
2: Yeah. It's funny. We, we do, um, we do guitar picks and they love the tats, the temporary mm-hmm. tattoos and stickers. A lot of stickers. A lot man. of stickers. Yep. A lot of Brooklyn Music Factory stickers. Um, <clears throat> I got a couple of real specific questions for you, Brian, but I want to I just go back and highlight one thing you said. Because um, it can be, I'm going to be honest, our listeners can get totally intimidated hearing you talk about how you can easily build a segmented campaign where you're measuring all events and then going back to see the most valuable so Nate, to, to, I encourage people Nate, to, to tag onto that. that
1: too, for, for anybody who's listening, yeah. who is, it's terrifying to think about running a marketing campaign or doing any of that. All marketing automation tools, like I said, whether it's an active campaign, a Mailchimp, a Marketo under the hood, they're all the same. They all do the same thing. Yeah. It's just a matter of going out, figuring out which one you like. And then also recognizing they are all now built with kind of small business owners in mind where all, everything you do is drag totally. and drop. Everything you do is a witsy Week editor. Oh, what you see is what you get editor where you're literally just saying, I want my email to look like this. Okay, I drag this button here that has a picture on it. There's a picture in my email there. I drag this and it's all, everything is now set up yeah. that way where you don't have to be a professional marketer to use these tools. They've got great, you know, learning, to, uh, teaching videos on all their websites. Spend a couple hours on it and you're up and running. They're, they're not they're not as complex or hard as people think they are. It's just intimidating to, to start the process. But once you get into it, they're intuitive, they're pretty simple to use, and, and everyone should be using one.
2: Yeah, totes. Because basically, you know, if you have any resistance to it, what you're actually doing is saying, I'm going to trade the research in for more hours of my time. You, know, you, you can spend some research now and, and build a version that you can use over and over at every one of these county fairs, or you can continue to manually manage a pile of paper contacts that you've gotten um brian i want to go back to the chamber of commerce because you mentioned that and i'm gonna we have never joined the brooklyn chamber of commerce and i literally when you met i i I wrote down nate join the freaking chamber of commerce and i want to know from you brian where you've gotten um, either some random connections that have become really valuable to you or how does that local chamber of commerce, when do you lean on them and for what? And where's the value that you've seen in your couple of years of being a member? Yeah, a few things.
1: Um, Number one is, and again, digital marketing nerd, but usually when you, almost always, when you join up for a chamber of commerce, then you get a little page on that Chamber of Commerce site. Guess what? That works really great for uh, SEO because mm-hmm. then now you've got some, some some backlinks, things like that. Helps out your website. Helps out your organic traffic. Things like that. Uh, number two, uh, it is a very powerful networking tool because then you've got access to mm-hmm. all the other small business owners in your area who are also part of the Chamber of Commerce. And the cool thing that you learn once mm-hmm. you start talking to these people is that everyone's kind of in it together. Everyone wants to see other people in the community succeed. And so when you reach out, a yeah. cold call, a, a cold email, even walking into a coffee shop, and you've got a stack of your brochures, and you just say, hey, I'm the owner at Rock You. I got your you know, info from the Chamber of Commerce. Um, hey, like, could I leave mm. these here? And do you have anything you could give me and we could do some co-marketing? I've never had someone say no. And it's just, it's just kind of that, that power of yeah. community and the realization that, Everybody else is in it together and we just want to see each other succeed. And I'm, I'm not even like a, a, a quote unquote active member. I don't go to, you know, all the meetings and all the luncheons and all that stuff. But I, I, it was interesting. I actually was hat- chatting with another business owner a couple of weeks ago and he said, yeah, you know, one thing that I make sure I do is all the ribbon cuttings that happen. So whenever a new business opens up, I make sure I'm there mm. because at every, every ribbon cutting, they do a photo out in front. And if you're in the chamber of commerce, you could be in the photo. And guess what? If I wear my business t-shirt there, I got free advertising. And I'm like, that is brilliant. Why not? Because you're not only networking yeah. with people, free advertising. You're getting yourself in the local paper or the you know a website or the local, you know, news magazine, things like that. And again, it you never know what kind of interaction you're gonna get when you just put yourself out there and and meet with these people. So it, it's easy to do. It's usually yeah. inexpensive, but it just get you gets you access to, to things that you might not have access to.
2: Brian,
0: I think I love what you're saying here. And I want to go a level deeper again, just to get very, very practical. Because again, I think people can hear this or watch this if they're on YouTube, by the way, drop a like if you would, please. Um, and they can hear that and be like okay join chamber of commerce go to ribbon cutting c- ceremonies that's what Brian said beyond that i'm not sure what to do so could you could you go could you give us some specific stories about how being in the chamber of commerce like turned into something that was a net positive for your school like and they don't have to be super long stories but maybe just a series of vignettes where you're like oh yeah met this guy led to mm-hmm. this did this thing led to that so you gave us a real a real inside look on like that camp fair earlier, the, those expos earlier, maybe ways that you're doing network out networking outside of those specific events, but just kind of in this general way that you've been describing for like the last yeah, five, so 10 minutes. Can you give us some specific, a, examples? A specific
1: example is actually one that kind of goes the other way where someone reached out to me and I didn't even know they existed. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as a result of being in the chamber, you get your, your name out there, things like that. There's a, a dance studio here in Woodbury that I, I hadn't even thought of doing anything with them. But because we're in the chamber, we're in it together, they saw us on like maybe a newsletter or something like that. And so they thought to reach out to me and say, Hey, uh, you, you guys want to do like, you guys want to find some way to work together. And absolutely. We've got, I mean, we are, have the same kind of, of clientele. We've got the same kind we, you know, our, our, our communities are very similar. That is an absolute no brainer, but that interaction that reach out on their behalf I don't think would have happened had it not been for us being in the chamber because of the fact that we're and you know, our business name is on these newsletters and and we're included in a lot of those kind of things mm. they in their brain that thought that meant for them hey I should reach out to to rock you and so now we've got a partnership with them and we're going to start doing things together and and it's not it's again it's one of those things that we didn't have to do any action on our part but I don't think that that, that mm networking partnership would have happened had it not been for us being in the chamber because we wouldn't have been on those newsletter lists our name would not have been involved in, in a couple of these random things here and there
0: interesting is there any place where you've done like a partnership where it isn't like another performing arts academy like you mentioned the dance academy there is there an example of like this random barber shop or you know this um this lawn care service. Like, I, I don't know, maybe there is, maybe there isn't one, but I'm curious if you have any examples of that. Totally.
1: Uh, two top of mind, uh, you said barbershop. So we, there's, we've got a, a, a kid's haircut specific, like a, a, a barbershop that has four kids here in the, in, in Woodbury. I, I bring them brochures every once in a while. My kids go. And the reason I thought to go there is because that's where my kids go get their haircut. And actually my wife said, Hey, why don't you just like work with partner with them? And I'm like, Oh, great idea. Cool. And had a conversation with the owner and she's like, sure, why not? And now we do some cool partnership or some, some co-marketing together. Um, another example is daycares. Um, you know, we, I, 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 I networked with, mm-hmm. with a daycare around here. We were launching our Tot Rock program for kids age three to five. I thought, what a great opportunity to partner with a daycare around here and chatted with the owner. Owner said, yeah, sure. Why not? He got us, he, you know, made a mention of us and a couple of their monthly newsletters. We got some students signed up. And it's it's just those conversations and just not being afraid to ask again, because what you learn, other local businesses are more than happy to help because they want to see you succeed. And also it's a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back mentality because then we do some marketing on their behalf as well to our clients, you know?
0: Could you give me a specific I example pre- of what the, what that co even with that daycare, what did that partnership look like? Maybe just give us a little bit more detail and I'm going to move on from this. I know yeah, we're no getting super no, so practical I, here, yeah, but I convers- think it's helpful to the listeners. Yeah. No, uh, having the conversation
1: with them, it was actually somebody, it, my kids went to daycare there. And so I already had that relationship. So it was a very easy ask. But just, I, I it was, again, started off, I took him out to coffee because he's a small business owner, has been in the community for a long time. I wanted to pick his brain. And so had a coffee, started talking about business. Um, and just started bouncing ideas off off of each other and i said hey we've got this new pot rock program is there a way that we could get our information into your monthly newsletter and so all i did is is he said yeah sure why not so i drafted up a five sentence blurb along with a picture and a sign-up link sent it to him put it in the newsletter he sent it out and you know we got a few hits from it and but also it it it, again it's just the other thing you have to recognize and realize, too, is that people aren't going to do the work for you. So, yes, you may you know, come up with these great partnership opportunities, things like that, but it's not like they're going to do it for you. You've got to provide them everything and make it as easy as possible for them to work with you. And then all of a sudden it becomes a, you know, a, a pretty great little relationship you've got with these people. So, again, the power Ooh. of just meeting someone face to face.
2: That last point, Brian, is so, so, so important. It needs to be repeated that, you know, you highlighted earlier this idea of being very clear about what the evidence of success is to your networking efforts. And then you just, I I appreciated your question, Daniel, because I was like, well, he did just talk about co-marketing, but then you got more detailed. You're like, have a coffee, create the blurb, picture, link. And then follow through with them and do the work for them, so that co-marketing is possible. Um, I think that last piece, do the work for them, is so essential. Um, it needs to be repeated three times because I agree. This is where we, and this is sort of my final question for you, Brian, because I know we're we're light on time here. Um, but this is the piece that where I have resistance, dude. Most likely, is you. I'm like I look at my week, which is blocked out to the minute, you know, um as like CEO of Brooklyn Music Factory and then other businesses that I'm involved with, etc. and I'm just like where am I going to do this networking thing Brian's talking about? And I feel like I have to link it to yes, this is a great idea and only choose the opportunities where I know I will follow through with the connections. And actually get to the point of success with them. Um, I'm curious, my final question for you, Brian, is do you have a version when you look ahead to the next month of budgeting your time for this type of marketing effort? Or are you more sort of, are you improvising at this stage just to see what comes up and then you either, you intuit what to follow through on and not?
1: Uh, Yes and no. Yes and the fact that, you know, I've already signed up for several events for the year. Um, One of the expos is actually coming up in two weeks. And so I've already got that blocked off. I've got my Friday and Saturday at the end of March booked up and ready to go. And so knowing that, you know, and those things you get, you you sign up months in advance. So it's easy to to block that time off your calendar. But again, it's one of those things you've got to seek out those opportunities and figure out, okay, of these call it 10 events that are going to happen in my community. What are the couple that I could be a part of that I think will provide me value? And what do I want to get out of them? Um, but then really, Nate, to, to answer your question, going forward, it's just kind of an improvising thing at this point. You know, it's I, I, I don't block out time on my calendar. And maybe this is inter- an interesting thing, um, because I feel like kind of doing the networking thing, talking to people is just part of my normal weekly cadence. That it's something that I, mm. I don't block off time for because I just assume it's something I'm going to do. And it's not to say that I sit here and spend an hour doing community outreach and partnering outreach every week. Um, I, I do it as it comes up or if I've got a campaign coming up that I see that I'm like, Ooh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if I could reach out to this business to see if it's something they would partner with me on. So it, it, I would say it's definitely much more improvised, but I also know that I've seen the value of it over the last year. So if that opportunity comes up or if it's an opportunity that I think would be worth me seeking out, I make sure to prioritize it in my, also crazy busy schedule and so and and I'm like you Nate I'm sure Love that it. there's there's plenty of things that I've got in my calendar every week that I could easily slide off or also offload to to yeah. someone else on staff here at rock you to say hey could you take care of this for me this week because I've got a coffee that I got to do with the guy across town there's there's plenty of those kind of things yeah. that you can always shift around and prioritize and I've always kind of I've always prioritized networking above most other things because I've seen the value in it
2: yeah, I love that. That's a great final comment on it, too, which is know you're, know you're also where you're most valuable to your business. Um, and that last piece, you're saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to be of most benefit to this entity if I go mm-hmm. have this coffee versus whatever else you were yeah. going to do. That's yeah, what. and it's it's kind of recognizing, too, that
1: as the owners, we are the face of our business. And so networking is something you could delegate, but... You don't want to because you're the face of it and you want to be the face of it and you want to be Mm. the one that's representing your school. And so, therefore, that's why I said, you know, I can always offload and delegate some of these tasks that have to get done to other people here at Rock U because they're capable of it. I've trained them to do these things. And I've seen my my value as an owner is being the face of the business. And so that's why I will prioritize some Mm. sort of a networking thing over, you know, payroll. No, not payroll, but a bad example. But you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know I don't. I dig it. Thank you so much for Brian. I totally appreciate you sharing all your wisdom on this. And it's it's inspiring to me. So that's always a great guest on the old 7FMS podcast when I leave with a, a pile of notes in my own Evernote. Um, so that's a oh, testament to you, Brian. God, thanks, thank you. guys. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now, I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please... Share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.